0: Grace and peace to you. Great question. Thanks, Jimmy, for the songs. All right. Did you fight back last week? Great. Wonderful. Glad to hear it. Keep fighting back. Are you working on your bucket list? Yes, no. Sometimes we have a tendency, we hear a lesson, we read a scripture, and then it kind of goes into the dim, dark reaches of the past and we forget about it. But it's still as true at this moment as it ever was. And we want to keep reminding ourselves of what the Word of God says and what we need to do. So you can see today we want to talk about two gates. Two ways, two destinations. I think that's reversed on there, but whatever. The question of who will be saved is, and even how many will be saved, continues to generate discussion and debate. Some favor a near universal salvation, except for the vilest of reprobates. God would never cause anybody to be condemned and destroyed. And others hold a powerfully strict view of religious conformity, which stifles joy and promotes a salvation-by-works mentality. And this is not what scriptures teach either. That's always the truth lies somewhere in between. But the question is not a new one if you turn to Luke 13. It's not a new one at all. It says, And he, meaning Jesus, was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now, Jesus' reply here is not a pronouncement on the number of people that will be saved, okay? But he's talking about the difficulty there is in being saved. He speaks of a narrow door. And he says that many will want to go through that door, but they will not be able. And if we look down in verse 28, I'm not reading all this passage. He is talking about entering the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's speaking in the context, particularly to Jews, you know, they were thinking they were in the kingdom and everything was good with them, but he's challenging them and kind of saying, no, that is not true. He's saying, you're going to see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom, but you yourselves will be thrown out. Be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That obviously does not refer to pain, but it refers to disappointment and frustration that they did not make it. To anger. To anger. And regret. It's a solemn passage of Scripture, isn't it? But it's a truth. Jesus spoke it. He expands on this teaching about the narrow door in Matthew seven, one which we're probably more familiar with, and the one is going to be our main text today. Matthew seven, thirteen and fourteen. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. There again is the contrast between the many and the few. Let's take a look at this. First, we want to observe there are two ways to travel in life. Two ways. Two paths, two roads, two highways. It speaks of the way in which one lives one's life. One's purpose, one's lifestyle, and all that that goes with it. It includes, but it's not limited to, one's worldview. You believe in God, are you responding to God or are you one who believes in accidental forces and you're here by chance and survive with the fittest, evolution, and that death is just a hole in the ground? The way you view life and the things that vo- you value the most is the way you will lead your life. we pointed that out a hundred times. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You cannot avoid living that way. You cannot. And if your treasure is one that God sees as unfit, worthless, you need to change your treasure and to live your life for something that is worthwhile, something that will give you life in the end. As we think about these two ways, Jesus does not allow for a third way or a fourth way or a fifth way. He has established two pathways of living. And that is true because there is a God. There is a God. So we either choose God or not. And then we either choose to serve God the way he says to serve him or we don't. And so there's only two pathways. There's only two roads. There's only two ways to live. They are based on the realities of life and the truths found in the Bible. And these two correspond perfectly. Because what you read in the scripture is a reality of life. It's just the truth. People out here in the world don't accept this word, and that's why they're living these false realities. Making it up as they go. Seeing all these untruths not accepting objective truth, you know, making their own way of life and saying this is, this is me, this validates me and all that. It's a fantasy world. It's a fantasy world they live in. The scriptures tell us the realities of life. The two ways are either the way mapped out for us by God or it's another way. Any other way. It's the way God says to live in his book. Or it's some other religion. Or not a religion. Materialism, hedonism, myself first, whatever you want to say. Any of those ways are the broad way. And that's why it's called broad or wide. Because all these different ways of living life are, are the broad way. It's not a single way. It's just those are all included on that broad way. Any false religion, any atheism, it's all in the broad way. But The way of Christ is only one way. It's his way. The broad way is called broad because it's an easy way. It's not difficult, nor confining, and there are few restrictions. And it's really, you can see it today, maybe more than at any other time. I don't know if that's the case, but we can certainly see it today, because as I just said, people are just making it up as they go. Whatever they want to do, they do. It's so easy. They make no sacrifices, you know. They They put themselves first. They do whatever they want. How easy is that? It's a broad way. You just pick and do whatever you want. The reason it's called a narrow way is because it requires effort. It's difficult. There are restrictions. It requires sacrifices. It requires giving up things. You have to live the way Christ Jesus says to live. Jesus says there are just two ways. The two ways have two very different destinations. Very different. The broad way leads to what Jesus calls destruction. The easy way. This way is uh, used throughout the New Testament as a way of Judgment. Judgment pronounced upon the ungodly, the unbeliever, the unrepentant, the presumptuous, the hypocrite. No, 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 we can go. Those who are not serving the Lord from the heart, trying to love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Humbling themselves, confessing their sin, walking with him. If we're not doing that, we're on the way to destruction. It's the way of condemnation. It's the way that Jesus refers to. He uses the word Gehenna, which is translated hell. And it's the second death. The second death. It's the broad way. That's where it goes. It can't go anywhere else. I think that's the point. You get on the broad way, and this is where it goes. It will never lead you to life. It cannot lead you to life. The narrow, difficult way leads to life, eternal life, life with the Lord, glory, reward, peace, free of pain and suffering and death and all those things. I don't want to make this a downer lesson, but this is very sobering thought. and The world needs to hear it, and we need to proclaim it. truth is that all of us travel one of these ways you cannot avoid it you're either on the narrow way or you're on the broad way you're either on the narrow way you're on the broad way the only people we might say are not on the narrow broad way would be uh, Reagan and Amelia here because they, they're safe with God they, don't, they haven't chosen yet and they can't choose so they're fine Leland, Loudon, they're good. But all of us who know, all of us who can think, all of us who are of age, we're on one of the ways, the narrow way or the broad way. If we look down in Matthew 7 there at verse 21, thinking about this narrow way, you know, someone says, well, look, I've been baptized into Christ, Okay, good for you. Praise the Lord. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Again, I encourage you, read the book. What does it say about how we are to live life? What are the important things? Sometimes we really emphasize the wrong thing. Many will say to me on that day, day of judgment, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? That's a wonderful thing, right? Name cast out demons. In your name perform many miracles or wonders or signs. Great thing, great works. Look at all I've done, Lord. What's he say? I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Something was very wrong with these people. They might have had part of it right, but not all of it. It seems they missed the heart of Christianity. Sometimes we're so so concerned about the faith, which is important, who to believe in, and the form, what's it look like, that we miss the heart. We miss the heart of it. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. As we studied two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Jesus is your wisdom, your righteousness, your sanctification, and your redemption. He's everything. We owe it all to him. It's a narrow way. We need to be diligent to find that way and to ask God to show us the way and to ask God, Lord, show me if I'm really on that way. I'm doing and living and talking and thinking the way you want me to that I am truly your servant. If we look again at 13 and 14, there are two groups on these two roads. There's a broad way in which there are many traveling. Many. And a narrow way in which few travel. Few. Now, is that few, the 144,000 we've been studying in Revelation? No, I don't think so. That's not the point. Is it 10% of the world's population? Is it one-third? No, I don't think there's. the idea here is to pick out a number. But I think the point is that few is considerably less than many. Because he says it's difficult to find this gate and to get on this road. And we might add to stay on this road. So that would leave you and me a question at this point. The road on which you are traveling, the road on which you are traveling, are there many on that road or are there a few? That's one way to determine if you're on the right road. Now let's look at the gates. There are two gates for these two ways. There's a wide gate for getting on the broad way. That kind of naturally follows, doesn't it? Because it's easy to get on the broad way. It's really easy to get there. You don't have to do too much. In fact, uh, in a sense, you don't have to really do anything at all. You really don't have to choose to be on the broad way. You just kind of grow into it. If you don't choose the narrow way, you're on the broad way. That's just the way it works. The narrow gate, but the narrow and difficult way. To find it. And notice he says here, there are few who find it. It kind of indicates to me they're either looking for it or when they come across it they recognize it. Wow, look at that. What's that all about? It reminded me uh, in Matthew 13, you don't have to turn there about the man who found the treasure in the field. He wasn't looking for treasure he was just going through a field. And he kind of stumbles across this treasure in a field and it's like Wow, look at this. This is something I want to have. And so it says he went and he sold everything he had to buy the field so he could have the treasure. And that's kind of like this narrow door and this narrow gate. When we recognize where that leads. I want to go in there. I want to go through that gate and on that way. It says, few there are who find it. You see, we're not looking for it. We're not looking for God. We're not looking for spiritual things and life eternal. We're looking for things on the earth, things that have to do with this body, things that have to do with my house and my car and my retirement and my fun and my pleasure. Those are the things that consume our lives. Those aren't wrong. But when they become the focus of our lives, that it becomes an idol. And it detracts from our service and even takes away from our service to God. And that is what we have to be so careful about. Here's the truth in this. The choice of the gate leads to the way which leads to the destination. It can't be any other way. That's what Jesus is saying here. You can't choose the wide gate and get to life. You can't walk on the broad way and get eternal life. It just doesn't happen. You have to choose the narrow gate, walk the narrow way to life. That's the way it is. I've used this before but it's so true and it gives us a little chuckle one of Yogi Berra Berra if you don't know where you're going you might end up someplace else. You know that's kind of paraphrasing Jesus' words right here in these two verses. If you don't know where you're going you're going to end up someplace else, someplace you don't want to go. So you need to think and choose wisely that narrow gate. Now, let's go to John 10. We're going to talk about that door, that narrow door, a narrow gate in the way. All right? What is it? Here's, what, here's where we sometimes stumble. I think we do. What, what is that narrow door? What is that narrow gate by which we must enter on this way? John 10. We're kind of mixing metaphors here, but I think this is good and this works because I know that John uh, 14 works for sure. And if you know the scripture, you know what we're going to read. What's Jesus say here? Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me, or came before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the gate. There's no other way to get on the path of life except through Jesus. It won't happen. How do we enter? Well, we know that, but as sometimes we don't emphasize it in the right way. We need to have faith in him, right? In him. In what he did on the cross. That he is the son of God. That his blood takes away our sin. That he was raised from the dead. He is the son of God. All these things. It's him. We need to repent. That means to turn from the world and turn to him for salvation. Right? We acknowledge that we can't do it. We need to do it his way and follow him. What do we have to do? Confess his name, right? If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father and his angels in heaven. But if you don't, I won't do that. I won't confess you. And then we are what? Baptized into him, into his name, right? We die with him in a death like his in the waters of baptism and are raised out in a resurrection like his, this is all Romans six. He's the door. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the one that we must enter by to have life. He said right there, I've come that they may have what? Life and have it abundantly. See how beautiful the scriptures fits together. See why I keep telling you again and again and again. Read the scripture. Study the scripture. Learn to pursue and look for these things. They will bring you joy. They will increase your faith. And they will give you more words to tell others. So then, what is the way which leads to life? I've already tipped my hand and you know it already. John 14. Jesus is the door. John 14, 3. Remember, he's about to go back to his father. He was facing the cross. He was preparing the disciples. I'm going to go away and so forth. And they're all upset about this. They don't understand what's happening. He says, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Should not surprise us, right? Jesus is the way. Notice he's also the life, the way that leads to life. In the scripture, Jesus models the way to live, right? Read the gospels lately. What was he involved in? What did he do? How did he talk? With whom did he interact? He says, I'm the way. This is the way you live. Yes, he, he is the word of God in the flesh, John chapter 1. He did give his word through the apostles, and that teaches us more detail, more things to do, but you know, we don't want to fall into the trap of, wow, let's just look at the doctrine and forget the word who gave it to us. Because it all comes from Jesus. He's the word of God. He is the way to live. Notice, he says, no one, you know, the world does not like this thought from the Lord. They don't like a lot that's in the scripture. But no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the gate, and he is the way, and he is the life. It's all about Christ Jesus. So there are two ways to live. There are two gates. There are two destinations. That's all there are. Two. So the question becomes, which one are you on? Which one are you on? Are you living the way of Christ? It's a question every one of us needs to answer. Maybe we've just fallen in some kind of a religious rut. We're going to church, and the rest of it's what I do. I don't think the Word teaches that's the way of Christ. Maybe we're out here just doing our own thing and we've never really chosen him. We've never really entered through that narrow door to get on the way. This morning's your opportunity. We're here to assist you in that if you want to respond. As always, you can call anytime. Talk some more. Talk with me or Mike or Mike. Maybe you need prayer this morning. Maybe you've been sitting down on the side of the road Maybe you've been looking back at the world and thinking, hey, that's pretty good. I like that. You need to renew your effort. You need to renew your walk. You need to get back on the way. You need to get up and get going again. However we might assist you in your walk, let us know while Brother Jim leads us.